Kankakee Podcast is presented by Pewter Pros, Stitch Prints, and Digital World Design Family of Businesses, celebrating 25 years of small business ownership in Kankakee County. Learn more at mypewterpros.com, stitchprints.com, and digitalworlddesign.com. Thankful for the way these stories hold on To the lifetime we won't give back, I know These rivers carry Welcome to Kankakee Podcast, where we talk about the people and places of Kankakee County. I'm Jake Lamore, and once again, we are joined by someone from the Kankakee Valley Theater Association to talk about their next upcoming performance. And right now, we're joined with Paula Sutter, who has worn so many different hats at Kankakee <laughs> Valley Theater Association over the years. So I feel like I can't say, well, you're this title or that title. It's You've worn them all. I think at this point, I've right? I've worn quite a few, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think this is my 32nd year on the board, 33rd oh, wow. year. Because you were president for what? Many. 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. And that was what, sometime in the last four years you. Yeah. 2017, I didn't, I stepped off as president. So. Okay. Yeah. And who's president now? Uh, Courtney Stevens. She is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know it was Courtney. Yeah. Well, hi, Courtney. <laughs> Hi, Courtney. Hi. <laughs> I mean, I, I know she's probably yeah. listening to this, but yeah, see, I didn't know it was, I, I missed that. I knew she obviously did a lot and I, you know, we talked with her to set up this time and everything. So that makes sense. But currently right now at this moment that we're recording this podcast, you are directing uh, Disney's Moana Jr., which is uh, coming up March 17th through the 19th Correct. at Lincoln Cultural Center. And... That's going to be our main focus for this podcast. I'm sure we'll dive into some other upcoming events, other upcoming shows, because how could we not highlight those as well? But to get into, yeah, 32 years, 32 seasons, I should say, Uh because that doesn't necessarily translate to 32 years. Correct. But 32 seasons, let's just get a little background on you first, since this is your first time being on the podcast. I want to know where you're from, and we can just kind of go over that okay. a little bit. I'm born and raised in Kankakee County, lived here all my life. I live in Bonfield, actually on 17. I have a Bonfield address. I've been married for 46 years, and I have two children, two grandchildren. And I got involved with KVT when I was in my early 30s. I worked at the Regional Office of Education, and one of our caseworkers was on the board and said, you, you need to come get involved. And she got me into a play. And from there, I haven't stopped. (laughs) I've served as president. I'm currently on the board as business manager. Mm -hmm. And this show, I believe, is my 29th show that I'm directing for KVT. Oh, wow. 
That's yeah. a lot. And I've been in, I think, 16. What was the first? What was that first show? The first show I directed was Godspell with Brian Zecker. We co-directed. I was supposed to be the assistant director to Karen Mayle, and she got sick. So that Brian and I were both on the board, and they asked us, asked me if I would take over. And I went, uh, I've never done that before. If somebody would do it with me, so Brian did it with me. First time for both of us. So we co-directed Godspell together. Okay. So you didn't actually act or perform. No. You were direct. You were helping direct. I directed. The first show I was in before that, I'm sorry, I was in black patent leather shoes. Do black patent leather shoes really reflect up? I was a nun wearing red high top shoes. (laughs) If anyone knows me, they know I am not a nun. (laughs) So my family thought that was pretty hysterical. Yeah. Let's get that out (laughs) there right now. In my later years, I played a lady of the evening in Les Mis. And people were like, mm, yeah, OK. <laughs> and I've played a drunk on stage many times and I do it very well, even though I don't drink. So Karen got me involved and I just loved it. And as I was in shows and helping direct for a couple years, then I got on the board and I'm still on the board. And now my daughter's on the board as well. Yeah. So. Uh, Beth. Yes. It, mm-hmm. She's co-directing. She is my with, assistant. She's your assistant. Mm-hmm. And my husband is building the set. Of course. So we make it a family you gotta, thing. <laughs> you got to have the whole family involved. I, You know, sitting here listening to you talk about the history of all the different shows you've been a part of and how long you've been a part of it. I feel like we could do a whole podcast series on just nothing but the history of KVT and like break down each show and hear the the stories from some of those shows. <laughs> you probably cause... could because come April we start our 60th year, 60th yeah. season. Yeah, maybe that'll uh, so. maybe that'll be what we do for for 60 years. We can highlight maybe some of the shows from the past. Yep, you know that'd be fun. So, yeah, so that's amazing that you've been a part of KVT for so long, and and obviously without you being a part of it, I know. KVTA would not be where it is today. And it's just such a sound, strong organization. At least it seems that way from the outside. Look, you know, looking in. Yeah. No, and obviously I, that takes a lot of hard work and dedication. There is, there's just so much passion just from the little experience that I had being in KVTA for one show, just seeing the passion that everyone has from the crews to the the actors and actresses to the people in the pits. I mean, all of it is you just get this feeling you're walking into a professional production organization. It, yeah, we, we try to be. And I think we have a really solid base. I mean, obviously, 60 years we've, you know, yeah. we've hung on through. Thick and thin. We thought COVID was gonna maybe do us in, but luckily we you know, we were smart about what we did and we we handled it. And yeah, it's a testament to the people that started the group way back when that they started with a good foundation and we've just kept building on it. And my my main achievement that I wanted as president was I wanted us to have a new facility. And the summer that I stepped off was the summer we moved to our location now where we have 28,000 square feet. We have a set garage. We have our own black box. So I'm really proud of that. And it's a wonderful facility for us. It's, it's working out really well. Because the original, the where the warehouse originally was on 17 west of, no, east of town, mm-hmm. east of Kankakee, that was how how many square feet was that? I think that? it was twelve. It was twelve. Twelve or thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's quite a bump up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 
Welcome. And it was a it was a fruit stand, so it still smelled yes, like green peppers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And where we're at now was a school, so it's a little more conducive to what we do. You know, that, we have sectioned off rooms and stuff. But yeah, KVT's help. done a lot of transition from the Civic Auditorium to downtown to the warehouse where the PNC drive through is now and then to where Rigo's is that was also our building and then from there to the 17 and oh then from 17 gosh. to yeah we've we've had quite a few okay. moves over the years yeah we definitely <laughs> need to save that for another episode because this could go on forever I'm now I'm just now I have all kinds of questions just listening to you talk about that well, let's get to Moana then Disney's Moana Jr. you've directed so many shows at this point how do you approach shows at this point are you still kind of sandbagged sometimes when you go into thinking it's going to be this way and then it's like oh nope it's not <laughs> not not too much especially with the the junior versions there we get a book that gives you all the directions that you need or suggestions and stuff but over the years you know I've cultivated I don't do a show I really look at it when they decide what we're doing like next year we have our season I'm looking at shows do I is there anything I want to direct I really read through to see is it something I think I can be creative with if if I don't think I can be creative with it I don't really want to do it because that's the whole fun for me and I love doing kid shows cuz they're just like sponges they love everything you know so I just research it and decide how if I think I can add something to it and make it more than what people expect. So when you saw or when you learned knowledge that Moana Jr. was going to be a part of KVT's season, then what was your idea on what you could add to it? What was that creativity? Well, I saw the movie, and of course, you know, the movies, I always tell the kids, they're like, this isn't the same in the movie. Well, the movie is animated. They can do a lot more in a movie <laughs> than we oh can do gosh, here. Yes. I just like to, you know, I have two granddaughters that are five and seven, and they're just, they love Disney stuff. So I always have them in mind. It's like, what would they enjoy? What visually would they enjoy? So I just, I try to sit and figure out what can I bring? So I've got some elements in this show that I don't think people are going to expect. And then I have some visual things that I always have a a family night during rehearsal and they saw it one night and they were like, wow, that's really cool. So it's just those, I like to surprise people and I like to add little comedy bits in there to to give a little bit of humor. So that's what I really look for. It's, It's whatever's on the page. It's on the page, but I have to read more into it. So, and my staff, I use, I always pick a good staff and I always incorporate them and say, okay, let, what can we do? What, what's your suggestions? You know, I never say mine is the best. I like to be cohesive and give everybody a chance. Mine's the final decision, but you might have a better idea than I do that's going to make it work better. I'm, and that's my goal. Whatever's going to make the show the best. Can you shed light on maybe what one or two of those... <laughs> the spices are that you've well, sprinkled in? <laughs> in the movie, you know, Taka is this big green mountain, and our Taka is a real person, and her costume is very cool. So that's all I'm going to say. Is that <laughs> or how Tafiti, it was, I mean. Is that how it was written? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the movie... Taka is the volcano, oh, and then yes. it changes when she gets when Moana gives Taka the heart. Oh, it turns right. to Tafiti. Yeah, that's so right. So our Tafiti, we our our person is one person doing Taka and Tafiti both, and there's a change, and it's a pretty awesome change. the The girl who's doing it's like. Oh, wow. So, I mean, if she's that excited, I think everybody's going to be excited. And well, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And then uh, just at the end, we we're doing something with sales that just really is 
very visually like, wow, that's really cool. Okay. There's several things in there, but those are a couple. I know you don't want to give it all away because <laughs> obviously you want people to see it, but all more reason for them to go see it. Before you got here, I was listening to the soundtrack, of course, and I have actually not seen the movie in a while. I have seen it because my, my son's six and so um, he was either really little when it first came out, but regardless, he has seen it, of course, and we've watched it together, but it's been a while. And I completely forgot about the mountain being this monstrous volcano and then turning into that goddess. Yeah, right? green, I, green, green goddess, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Let's dive more into the history of Moana, though, because I thought this was really interesting. I didn't realize that there was like this oceanic trust behind the creation of Moana Jr., right? Mm -hmm. What what do you what were some things you were surprised by when you kind of dove into this production and started learning more about Moana? Well, when they sent us our book, um, my director's guide has some guides in it. And the one thing um, they you know, they talk about the Oceana and the Samoans, and so I did a lot of research on costuming. The one thing that is specified is like Maui, you know, in the show is just covered in head to toe tattoos. Yeah. We're not allowed to put tattoos on them. Now, you could buy the costume that has tattoos and do it, but we didn't like that. So our Maui will not have body tattoos. We did put, we have a tan shirt and he's got some symbols on the shirt, but they're not on him. But it was very specific in my director guidelines that I could not put it because the uh, tattoos are a signature of honor and they have to earn them. And they MTI, the music, the company that owns the royalties, didn't feel that it was appropriate that we just put fake tattoos on kids, you know. So so that's one thing. And the kids had a hard time with that. But, like, but Maui has that. So when we do our school shows. And that's what's so cool about I know. Him, right? He's got all these cool looking tattoos. <laughs> when, we, and these... when we do our school shows, I'm going to explain that to the kids in the audience because they're going to expect Maui to be yeah, this, this big, big bulking guy. Yeah. They're going to expect Dwayne Johnson. And he was unavailable. So, you know, I couldn't <laughs> get him. Um, and then just the costuming. And it's not Hawaiian. It is definitely a little different. So we tried to stay as close to that as we could. Um, it was a little harder with the boys, so we do have some of the grass skirts in there. But just the difference between, you know, you are not Hawaiian, you are Samoan. There's definitely a difference. What What is the difference? Do it's, you know? It's mainly just the, the time frame and just the culture. It, it's a very, very similar, but it's... Because were the Samoan people first, or were they... From what I saw, I believe so, because and they they, they went into Hawaii and then Hawaii became Hawaii and oh, we got okay. Hawaiians and okay. stuff. But they're very, very similar. But Samoans were, you know, yeah. So it's I tried to stay as true to what the guidelines told me. And my customer did some re we did some research on the costuming and stuff like that. So we're, we're trying to be as close to that as possible. Yeah. And the songs <laughs> our ocean ensemble, we have an ensemble of 14 girls that act as our ocean. And um, they have the most difficult songs because they have all the Samoan words in it that are, some of them I can't even pronounce yet. I mean, I feel like it's self-explanatory, but for those that maybe aren't familiar, anytime there's like junior attached to original show's name, it just means it's meant, the production is meant for kids. Correct. Obviously. And it means that they've cut the original down. So yes. junior versions are 60 minutes. So when they take, I'll give you an example, Fiddler on the Roof is a three-hour adult show. <laughs> Fiddler Junior is an hour. So yeah. that tells you how much they cut down. They cut oh, the yeah. songs way down and stuff. So yeah, it means it's it's for youth. Youth perform it 
for youth, for the public, whatever, but it's, it's for youth to perform. And, you know, the songs, I'm surprised that they didn't, I, I guess you can't really cut out Samoan words, though, because yeah. that one, I mean, that's the whole point, right, mm-hmm. is for kids to be exposed to other cultures and learn the history of that culture and, you know, yeah. all that stuff. It, well. And they're beautiful. The, the oh, songs sure. are gorgeous. And we got a, a glossary of pronunciations and a, vid, a CD or a, a digital file so they could learn how to pronounce them correctly. Because that was the other thing is you have to make sure they pronounce them. And these girls have done a phenomenal job. Some of our songs, you just, the song of the ancestors that is in the show is just, it brings us to tears almost every night because it's so beautiful. It's just, it really is beautiful. Yeah, because I mean, you've got quite a cast of... Because you've got the Ocean Ensemble, you got the Villagers, you got the Maui Ensemble. I mean, you've got, there are a lot of kids in this show. How many kids? 54. Many? Holy moly. And only, wow. so 53 families. There's only one family with two kids. Everybody else is just one child per family. So 53 families. That's a lot of wrangling. <laughs> how do you manage that? I can't even manage one. I don't know. I just, I do have a knack for working with kids and... <laughs> They know that if when they're in my show that they're going to have fun, but I'm a no-nonsense director. When we come to rehearsal, we come to work. I do give them time to visit, but they're just good kids. I mean, you know, I mean, I have some that they're younger and they just, you know. Like to misbehave yeah, and goof just, around. They're just and... goofing off, but I don't really ever have problem with them. But yeah, this there's a lot of moving parts to this show. So it's, you have your main characters. There's only like 12 or 13 main characters that don't change into anything else. The Ocean Ensemble never changes. They're the same. Villagers are either they're a village and then they could be they might be in Maui ensemble, they might be in Shiny Ensemble, they might be a gate monster, or they then there's the ancestor ensemble that could be in one of those as well. So yeah, it's who's your youngest or not you don't have to give names, obviously, but you know, your youngest to your oldest. I mean My youngest is six and my oldest is seventeen. How do you, <laughs> it's like a one-room schoolhouse. I mean, yeah. how do you, right? I mean, how do you separate those? Well, the older kids usually get the bigger parts that can learn. You know, the six-year-old, yeah. he really can't read yet. But his mom is real good, and his aunt is a singer and a teacher, so they're working with him. And yeah. and he actually has a cute little spotlight in the Maui song. Oh. It's in the song, and it just worked great for him. So it just, um, he's not in, he's only in a couple scenes as opposed to some of the older kids who are in more. We're just very specific. I don't usually cast too many six and seven year olds just for that reason because they can't read i've had them fall asleep on stage or they get up there and go hi mom <laughs> you know in the middle <laughs> of a show. show during the show yeah. yeah so usually i go mostly eight and up but um this show definitely lent itself to having a little one like this for this one particular song but um i don't know i've just been able to with them and but i don't i don't put them in if i don't have something for them to do i don't feel it's right to put them in for one song and then that's it. That that to me is a waste of their parents' time and, and my time and their time. So I have to make sure that I have something for them to do that would make it worthwhile for them. Cause, yeah, because yeah. how does rehearsals work then? I know it's completely different for the young people's theater part of KVTA. Because I know when I was in A Few Good Men, it was five nights a week. You know, I, I don't know if it started at six and went to eight or nine or, you know, something like that. But and with this show, when you're working with kids, it's completely yeah, every different. Every director is different, but most of us that do the kids shows, we do six to eight. 
during the week, Monday through Thursday. On Fridays, I do six to nine because then there's no school, so they can be there a little longer. We started this time. We did a Sunday afternoon for the in January for the first four weeks, just because I had kids with so many conflicts that we did vocals on Sunday, and then we had a vocal night on Tuesday. Then we did dance on Thursday, Friday. So not everybody had to come for everything. We split. I I always organize. So on on Sunday from from 1 to 3, we did vocal. So from 1 to 145, it was these kids from 145 to 215. So you didn't have to come for the whole time. Just now, this week, starting this yesterday, they are now all coming every night for the next two weeks because we start tech next Thursday. Yeah, and you're so you're probably running the whole show. We are. Every, almost every night. Yeah, we started yeah. Monday running the whole show. Okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah, again, the, the show times or the show days are March 17th through the 19th. There are two matinees there. The Saturday and Sunday are, yep. are 2 p.m. shows, but the Friday night is, of course, 7 Yeah, p.m. that's unusual for us to do that. Usually we just do, because we do school shows, we usually do Thursday, Friday school shows, Saturday night, Sunday. But spring break starts on that Friday the 17th for most schools. A lot of them aren't in school or they're taking a half day. So we moved our school shows up to Tuesday, Wednesday, or I'm sorry, Wednesday, Thursday. So that opened up Friday for us. So we said, well, let's do Friday night and then we could do a Saturday afternoon because our matinees always sell really well. So that's why we've got two matinees and it's going very well. Ticket sales are, are going well. That's so, great. Well, that's great yeah. to hear. I mean, Moana's, it was such a, I, I, I literally have those songs stuck in my head all the time. Even if I haven't seen yes. the movie in forever, well, I'll just try you know. directing it. You go home at night and they're in your head at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, if I start singing them, then my son will yell at me because he doesn't <laughs> like uh, me singing. And I don't know if that means I'm a terrible singer in his eyes or what, but he doesn't like it. And for the for the play, there's a the song in it that's not in the movie that got cut from the movie. And what song is it's that? It's called Warrior Face. And it's actually three parts. Maui and Moana sing part one, then there's lines and they sing part two, then there's lines, and then they are in Lalatai, and that's where they meet the gate monsters. In the movie, it's little funny coconuts. Um, in in the show, my gate monsters are they look like ninjas. They're all in black. <laughs> and then they have a mask that they wear that glows in the dark. Their hands glow in the dark. And the whole set glows. It's all black light glows in the dark. Wow. All the coral and stuff. So that is kind of fun. Those, those kids, are they think they have the coolest costume of the whole show. <laughs> I think they lucked out. I would want to be one of those guys. So cool. they they cut it from the movie. I'm not sure why, but they added it back into the the junior version to give more opportunity for the kids to sing and Stuff. Are there any other big differences between? I mean, most of the the core of the show is is the very same. Similar. A few of the a few of the songs are a little different. A few of the the a lot of times what they do is they they arrange the scenes a little different because we were doing vocal one night and some of the kids were like that's not how they do it in the show and I go you can't go by the movie because this is stage play it's it's different that it's it's similar and very much alike but they they're not exactly the same. Yeah. If you've ever seen Hamilton and you come and you listen to Moana, you're going to say, oh, that song sounds like this in Hamilton or, oh, that sounds like in the Heights. Because, you know, Lin-Manuel wrote a lot of it and he really didn't change the melody a lot. He just changed the words. You can definitely hear Hamilton songs in Moana if you're listening careful enough. So and the kids think that's pretty fun. Yeah. And just from. My songwriting experience, you, at least I would automatically fall in this 
stretch of songs I would write where they all sounded so similar like the melodies are similar and everything like that so like you get in those well there's only so many notes and there's only so many notes that's very true so you know you fall in those 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 ruts or whatever you want to call them and then yeah when you hear certain plays or you know like Rodgers and Hammerstein you know like you know yeah (laughs) you know when it's one of their shows just like Lynn manuel like you know when it's his show. Yeah. So, in fact, what, is it two or three shows this season are, are his, right? Or is it just Mine two? and the next one, In the yes, Heights. In yep. the Heights, those are the two yep. shows that are that he wrote yep. or produced, directed, all that. Yeah. Created. Yeah, he created In the Heights totally. I mean, he wrote the whole thing for it. Um, Moana, he, did, he didn't write all the songs, but he wrote part of the songs. But, right. And my, the kids that are doing the parts, the girl that's doing Moana is just... She'll tug at your heart, that's for sure. Yeah, can I, are we allowed to talk about the kids? Sure. Okay, so I, I think so. <laughs> okay. I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. But yeah, I would love to hear more about how the the development of their characters has worked for kids. Like how does how do you typically see them transform? I always start with music and, and dance. Let them learn the music, let them learn the dance. Then we start I just started blocking a week and a half ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we're already running the show. (laughs) So, um, And for those that don't know what blocking is. That's when you put the scenes together with the music and the dance and all the lines and all the movements and the sets and things like that. Yeah, so it's kind of like, okay, when you say this line, I need you to be standing right here. But then your next line, I need you to walk this way. Correct. And yeah, so everyone's supposed to write down notes in their scripts so they know <laughs> when they're supposed to move, stay put for those lines. That and is correct. It can be kind of <laughs> it can be kind of a lot. A lot of people don't realize that you're not just memorizing lyrics and songs and dances and lines, you're also memorizing where you just need to be, yes. where and you it, need to be standing. And in this show, we have a canoe that has a life of its own as well. Her her canoe has to be in all these different places. Like, okay, it's got to be over here. No, it's got to be here. No, it's got to be this way. No, it's got to be that. It, the, the canoe is driving me crazy. So, um, <laughs> But we're getting there. So I tell the kids, worry about getting your vocals first and your dance. Get that down because then everything else will come. So once we start blocking, then I start working with them and say, this is how, how I perceive you to be. So I let them, I give them free reign to try it. And then I start tweaking them and say, no, let's say it like this. And then they do it like that and see, see if that works. I let them try how they feel first to see if it works, to see if they have a concept of it. The two kids that are my leads, Moana and Maui, they've done shows before. So they're a little more experienced. So I think they, they have, they started in with a really good handle on the part. They prepared for auditions very well. So they were ready to go with it. Still tweaking a little bit here and there just to soften things or like build Maui up because he's he's not the typical Maui. So I'm like, no, you got to be like this. And he's like, OK, you know, it's a little hard for him to be that Dwayne Johnson kind of person. Are you are you like patting him up? to? I make think him we're look going buff? to. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because he's he's not 
he's not, he's he's tall and slender. So yeah, yeah. we're gonna and he, and and he gets a wig, which he's real thrilled about. Mm-hmm. But yes, we're we're padding him now. The the young man that's his understudy, we don't have to. He's a little bit bigger. So oh, you do have understudies. We we have an understudy for Moana and Maui just because with the COVID stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've had kids out. I got one that gets to come back today. I've got kids out sick with stuff, and I'm like, if anybody else gets sick, I can cover it. But if those two get sick, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. So yeah, we do have understudies, and the understudies will get to perform at one of the school performances. Just I said, you know, I I promised them that they would get to do the role. You work really hard. You need to at least perform so they get to do a school show. Oh, so. see, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And they're doing really great. They're they're picking it up. They walk with them and learn it. And then like tonight, my two leads are off, and we're doing the understudies the whole night. They get to do the whole show so that they get in the routine of doing it. So, that's a, so then what do the 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 first you know those first actors and actresses? What do they do then? When do they? Well, tonight they're taking a, the night they're, off. They're not even. I mean, I just wonder, like in in those situ- like for those school performances, do they just not show up? Or they do will. They, well, they'll or do, do they the, go in the They're ensemble? doing the morning. They're doing the morning show, uh-huh. and then the understudies are doing the afternoon. So when we're okay. done with the morning, they're done. They can go home. Okay. Or can go back to school, but I. Yeah. Pretty sure they don't want to do that. But, <laughs> no, um, they don't. Yeah. But they, the one mom said, will he be allowed to leave? I said, he can, or he can go sit in the audience and watch. But we did not put them in the ensemble. We just, they had so much to learn. I didn't want them to have to learn something else on top of it. So they're just, they'll be free to go. Or I think they're probably going to sit out in the audience and watch everybody else because they don't get to see the show. Yes. So this will give them an opportunity to see the show. How cool is that, though? Yeah. Because you'd never, no one else gets that opportunity. Right. <laughs> I would love to be that person and see the show from someone else's mind just to get a better idea of, am I doing this right? Do I like the way, yeah. you know, how, how does that? It is a good perspective. I mean, they can compare what they're doing and what the other person's doing and just even see the whole thing, you know, because when you're on stage and you're only seeing what you're seeing on stage and you're seeing an audience, you're not really seeing the full picture. So right. it would give them an opportunity to, to do that. I know as a kid, getting to see those KVT productions, the school shows like you were talking about. You know, I definitely got to see those when I was young. And I was always just mind blown when, I don't know if it was before the show or after the show or like in the intermission or whenever it was, sometimes they'd have some of the kids, some of like the lead roles come out and they would say, yeah, Brett here is from... Grand Park mm-hmm. and he goes to Grand Park School. It was just always mind blowing, like seeing like, oh wow, like he's just like me. Cause you think these because they do such an amazing job, you think that they're there's no way they're from around here. You right. know? But it's like they are and <laughs> yeah. they go to school. You know, they might go to school with you or they might yeah. go to school with your cousin or something. They're from all over. My my furthest away is New Lennox. I have one that comes from New Lennox, one from Piatone, Watsika. Eastern part of the county, Mantino, Bradley, Bourbonnais, Kanky. I mean, everywhere. they're everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I just always, For sure. I just always thought that was so, as a kid, it was always mind blowing to yeah. me to learn what grade they were in and what school they go to. When we have time, we try to do that. But anymore, the schools with their busing situation, that's why we typically do the junior versions because we keep it at an hour or a little over because we used to do 90 minutes and we can't yeah. do that. Most of the schools say we can't stay 90 minutes. We have to get out because the buses have to get back. So we're very strict about trying to keep it, you know, at the 90, at the 60 minute mark. Yeah. I was thinking about that because I think when I was a kid, it was definitely more than an hour. So 
March 17th through the 19th, if you're listening to this before then, buy those tickets because it sounds like they're selling really well. I don't, it could, LCC is huge, but there have been sellouts. So Yeah, and this is a new show. It's never been done around here. So that's always a plus as well. People like to come see something they haven't seen. But there's still plenty of seats because LCC is a big place. But the longer you wait, the further back you're going to be or the further to the side you're going to be. Your yeah. sight lines aren't going to be near as good and if you can get tickets earlier. So I definitely would recommend people get them as soon as possible. These kids, it amazes me that these kids just have so much talent and people don't realize how much talent our, our youth have. Well, how much talent we have in this county anyway, adult yeah. and kids. And they really put their heart and soul into it and nothing makes me feel better than to see a full house for them. And I always tell the kids, the school kids will love you, but the adult audience is going to appreciate you. You're going to get more applause and laughs and everything at the adult show because they're going to get everything. Yes. <laughs> the kids don't always get everything. Yep. The adults will get it because they really, really pay attention. So it's just a pleasure to, to direct them. And I just hope people come out and see it because it's a great show. I mean, parents have been watching little bits and one of them sent me a message last night and said, okay, Moana just brought me to tears and we don't even have costumes. We don't have set stuff up. I just can't wait to see the show. It's just going to be it's just going to be a real heart-rendering show, really. It's a great story, you know, about a young girl who finds her way, and that's what I'm trying to teach the kids. You know, we talk about, you know, what can you learn from Moana? Because she started here, and now she ends up here. What does that tell you? So we try to teach them. I try to teach them a little bit of lesson in the story as well. My shows are always very, the very, very first thing I ever tell them when we have our, our first cast meeting is, we're all the same. Doesn't matter if you're the lead or you're just, you have one little part. We're all the same. Nobody's better than anybody else. And we have to encourage each other. And if I don't hear you do that, then we're going to, we're going to talk because it's very much a team, team effort. It, it takes all of us to make a show just like an adult show. It takes all of us. Not everybody realizes, you know, some people are like, no, I have the lead, but these it doesn't kids, matter. no, we, these kids are, important. they have each other's back all the time. They are just so supportive of each other. It's it's pretty amazing. And just want to encourage anyone for future shows if you know your kid is interested or even if you're an adult and you want to try out for one of the adult shows, there I feel I don't know if there's still stigma attached to it or not, but it used to just be like it's so hard to get in and and things like that, but I feel like that's not the the it's, truth. It's really not anymore. I mean, you know, years, years, years ago when I first started, it was just a very small group of people, and now we've gotten bigger, and it's not hard to get in. You just have to come out and audition, especially for kids. I mean, I have fifty four kids in the show. Thirty six percent of it is new. Wow. I always okay. keep. I always do at least twenty percent of my cast is new kids. This year, it's th this time it's thirty six. So see, there you go. Yeah. So <laughs> they do take new kids. And in the Heights has a lot of new adults in it. A lot of new adults. I think over half of her cast is new. So it you just you have to just get the courage. I know. There are so many talented people out there who would love to be on stage. They're just frightened to audition. Just and do it. They just have to do it. We're, we're very friendly. We don't criticize anybody on your auditions. I mean, we understand. <laughs> and we would love to have them. I mean, it's it's a great outlet. So many people, once they get in, they're like, gosh, I wish I would have done this years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. So. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, I will say. And you won't regret it. Other shows coming up, you mentioned In the Heights. Mm -hmm. um, that is in April? Last weekend in April, first weekend in May. 
So, yeah, so we got the 29th, 30th, and then May 6th and 7th. Tickets are also on sale for that show as well, and that's at LCC. Correct. And then that's the last show of for the season. season. Yep. Right. But then there's camp. Correct. So how does camp work? Well, I'm the director of camp. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. So I go from one thing were, to another. Yep. We have two sessions, an a.m., 9 to noon, and a p.m., 1 to 4. It's two weeks, June 19th through the 30th. And then on July 1st, the kids perform. We have two performances. It's it's first come, first serve. They, they can go to our website. All the information is on the website. They print off the form, fill it out, mail it in with their payment. And if we have room, we get them in. We do 25 kids in the morning, 25 in the afternoon. It's, it's limited. And that right, does fill up fast. Right huh? now, I've, I think I've got six spots left in the morning and maybe nine spots left in the afternoon. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just got another one this morning when I left. So it, it'll fill up before April 1st. I mean, I expect it'll probably be filled by next week. But that is a great way for kids to get involved. They do have to be eight for this, though. For our shows, it's six, but for camp, they have to be eight. It's eight to 17. And we're doing, this year, we're doing a Broadway review. It's all Broadway songs from Broadway Junior shows. So there's something from Matilda, Susical, Shrek, Peter Pan, I mean, Elf Junior. There's so many good songs that the kids are very excited about. Oh, we get to do that song. That's going to be so cool. <laughs> so it's it's very condensed. They come in learning the mu- knowing the music already because we meet with them in May, give them assign their roles, give them their music. When they come to camp, we start right away with choreography and costuming. And we do that all in two weeks. In, wow. In 10 days. <laughs> you know, they learn the whole show. So That's a lot. It is. But but they do a great job and they put on a great show. And it's a really good way for kids who've never done theater to get a taste of it, to see if it is something that they, that they would want to do. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, kvta.org for all of those things. Come yeah. out and be a part if you want to don't want to be on stage and you want to volunteer for something. We're always looking we we would love to have somebody help build sets, paint sets, set decorating, costumes. There's so so many things that go into a show that you know, we can always use help for. Yeah, we didn't even talk about all the behind the scenes yeah. stuff because <laughs> yeah. there's there's a lot of jobs there, a yes. lot of volunteer work that goes on there as well. So, yeah, again, kvta.org, Paula Sutter for uh, directing Moana Jr. Go see it. And uh, thank you so much again. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for uh, supporting KVT. And I'd like to see you back on stage. Yesterday, a memory popped up on me from A Few Good Men on my phone. And there you were. (laughs) Man, (laughs) I know. That was a good show. That was such a fun show. And I've wanted to go back since, but it's just, it's It's, so hard. It's hard for adults because we all have jobs. We have lives. We have kids. We have, yeah. And there have been a couple times where I think it's been Courtney has reached out to me for simple things not for shows but like different fundraisers and different events to where I could participate as a, a performer and it's like such a small role and it's like it was hard for me to even do those but I'm hoping you know maybe sometime what happens is we we get adults when they're in their late teens early 20s mid 20s that was me then when they start <laughs> getting their professions and getting their families we lose them again until their kids 
kids come in, their kids come back into theater through YPT, then the parents start coming back because then they were like, oh, I remember what this is like. And it seems to work. And like next year, we're doing a family show in in the end. We're doing Susical. It's adults and kids both. So we want families to audition, you know, because that's one of the biggest things we hear is I'd love to do a show, but... You know, if my kids, I, I can't do it without my kids. So we're trying to do a show at least every other year that would be um, a family show. So adults and, uh, you know, moms and dads and kids could do it together. Um, so Susical is that show next year. So That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we didn't actually, I don't know, we didn't even really mention next year's season. I don't know if you want. Well, we've to. got four of the five shows. We, we don't have our youth show for the fall because we've applied for one and they're having trouble with the rights. So we're holding off on that one. But we're starting with... Um, Little Shop of Horrors. I love that show. In, I did that one in, in high September, school. and then in February is uh, the Mystery of Edwin Drood, which most people don't know. But it's, I've never heard of it. It is very fun, and the audience decides the ending every night. So this cast has to learn all these different endings. Oh gosh! Yeah. So the audience is—it's a audience participation. And they it's have a straight to learn play, it. Play. Right? Uh, it's a musical. Oh, it's a musical. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And then. In the spring, we're doing Finding Nemo Jr., and we're ending with Susical. Cool. Yep. Cool. And then we'll announce our, our other one whenever we either get the rights or we pick a different show. We're waiting on the royalty company. All right. Well, thank you again, Paula. All right. Thanks for having me. Now that does it for this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for listening. We are proudly presented by Pewter Pros, Stitch Prints, and Digital World Design family of businesses celebrating 25 years of small business ownership in Kankakee County. You can learn more at mypewterpros.com, stitchprints.com, and digitalworlddesign.com. Also, a special thank you to our patrons for helping make this episode possible, including Don Geisinger, Diana Crowley, Joseph Lamont, Bill Parakis of Meineke Car Care Center, Lori Krayoch, Karen Bishop, SLS Home Inspections, Seth and Mary Berkey, Jake Lee, Jesse Arsenal, Dave Barron, Veronica Featherston, John Sullivan, Sue Hornung, Samantha Rocknowski, Lake Iverson, Travis Garcia, Jane Bostwick, Dawn Harrison, Simon Topless, Scott Wright, Carrie O'Connell, Jamie Race, Joanne Barry, Anthony Vicelli, Eric Olson, Nolan Bukowski, Natalie Flagel, Carl Earps, Jeff and Rosa Carroll, Teague Dreenan, Sandy and Steve Twait, and Rose Lucky. To become a podcast patron, go to kankakeepodcast.com, then click on the Patron tab. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you'll also hear your name announced on an episode of the podcast. There's also access to extended versions of episodes and much more. Our theme song was written and performed by Lupe Carroll and recorded by Daniel Bishop. This river can-